think, you know, just once people started talking about how God of War is very badly paced, a lot of people just jumped out and said, yes, I agree. <laughs> Thank God somebody mentioned it. <laughs> like a mutual friend showed up to a party in a really, really stupid hat. Is, can we all like, talk about the hat? That's almost like, what's with the stupid hat? And everyone who's been sort of talking around it the whole evening just breathed an enormous <laughs> sigh of relief. <laughs> well, we live. Who knows when they uh, cut into the conversation there? Uh, hello. Yeah, John Connor says they live or they live. Probably It's probably they live and not they, they live. Yeah, he's just sharing his love of John Carpenter films. <laughs> well, I'm tweeting out now live. As now live like it's dr frankenstein or something now live. uh yes that'll do all right welcome to slightly something else everyone i'm yahtzee crowshaw this is marty sleever hello everyone we were just saying good god you've been thick with the super chats already there's been yeah. like five and we haven't started yet yeah a couple yellow ones who doggy it's probably because there's a Goal at the top of the screen saying Yahtzee, Jack, Nick, and Marty play Sea of Thieves. Yes. Uh, we've still got 60% of that goal to go. We want to make $2,000 so we can all play Sea of Thieves together and have a jolly good time. Yeah, uh, it'd be the all... same since our, our Pulsar adventure is over. And so yeah. um, um, this would uh, this would replace that once we hit that. I think you'd all get a kick out of it if you enjoyed our Pulsar adventure. Absolutely. And we certainly did. Heck yeah. But the subject for this week's live podcast is related to the conversation surrounding God of War Ragnarok mm -hmm. which at first everyone was saying oh my god so good uh, but which now with the benefit of more people having attempted to slog through the fucking thing uh, the conversation is now turning to how horribly paced it is. Weren't you mm -hmm. saying weren't you just saying that the achievement for ha actually having finished the game has been hit still by a relatively small percentage of players yeah i finally uh, i finally rolled credits on it over the weekend um and i think when i clicked in to the achievement it was something like 15 percent. and granted the game hasn't been it's only been out a couple weeks but um, still 15 percent yeah. just to just to get to story end after this many yeah. weeks that's uh that's not a good sign no I was saying to you, uh, I don't know if we were live when I was saying it, but I was saying it reminds me of System Shock 2, how everyone agreed it was a really good game, but I seem to meet very few people who have actually finished it. Yeah, and there's uh, I, there's a couple of games I feel like I've talked to people like that. I feel like Doom 2016 is a game where I talked to a lot of people and they were like, I really enjoyed it, and uh, then they just stopped playing at a certain point because they were like, yeah. well, this is just... Uh, you know, I've I've seen, I guess, enough of what this game has to show me, and I feel good without having to finish yeah. it. Yeah, bored now. Yeah, I think it's a problem common to uh, Sony's games, mm -hmm. particularly games in the Ghost Train ride. Of The Last of Us Two just banged on way too fucking long for my liking. Yeah, that was. A, it felt almost twice as long as the original. Yeah, probably was. Uh. Guardians of the Galaxy felt like it dragged a bit, which is which followed the pretty much the same Ghost Train ride format. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny that it, I, I agree that it seems to be something that pops up with a lot of Sony games because when I think of like some of the best paced AAA games, the mm. one I always go to is Uncharted Two. 
Um, I think Uncharted 2 had incredible pacing, didn't feel like it outstayed its welcome, was constantly throwing new gameplay types at you, and like by the time you could get tired of something, it would sort of cycle through, here's a puzzle section, here's a combat section, here's an exploration section, here's a walking through a Tibetan village and petting the yaks section. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. all the Uncharted games sort of blur together at this point. Yeah, that's the one where it starts with the like train, the train. disaster. Yeah, yeah, in in Meteor Res. Yeah, well, but the thing that's sort of you know now like through the PS3 and especially the PS4 and now PS5 generation, it seems like all the games have to have these open world semi-RPG-esque elements to them. They have to have crafting and stat trees and side quests and optional things and it can't just be you know, we spent four years on this game to deliver you an eight-hour story. It has to be, well, this is a 30 to 70-hour adventure, depending on if you want to do everything. Well, we're still trapped in the mindset the games always have to be bigger and better. And that's what's yeah. led us to the current model, where everything is going towards the uh, Jiminy Cockthroat model. Our open-world stealth action with crafting and collectibles. With lots of exploration and lots of opportunities to show off those huge skyboxes we tortured several art teams to death to create. Yeah, and it is like, I mean, God of War is a very pretty game. Like every time I would go to a new realm, I'd be like, man, what a cool looking place. Um, and I thought that the, the main sticking point with me with uh, God of War, which I think you talked about too, is relatively early on, like the first third of the game, you go to Jotunheim as Atreus. Yeah. And you you meet uh, a character. I believe her name is Anger Boda. Yeah, and who is game, an actual figure from Norse mythology? Yeah, yeah. I was looking um, this up. She was uh, the wife of Loki. Okay, the, uh, that makes the, sense. She well, I don't know if they were actually married, married, but she was the mother of Loki's children, including Fenrir and Jormun Jorm, Yeah, it's weird that uh, in in Norse mythology, Loki's got kids, including a wolf and a serpent. <laughs> That's just Norse mythology for you. That's mythology generally, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that section of the game, I felt like uh, it, like the pace just blammed to a halt. Uh, yeah, because I don't think and... I don't think this is necessarily a game being too long. I think Persona Five is a pretty long game, but I think it's relatively yeah. well paced. I mean, mm -hmm. and back in the olden days, like on the PlayStation One. Final Fantasy VII was a really long game, on yeah. four CDs no less, but no one ever complained that it was poorly paced. Mm -hmm. It seems to be a problem with the current era of games that stems, for me, from wanting to have games as long as something like Final Fantasy VII, that have as long playtimes, but not having as much capacity to create stuff to fill that time, so they yeah. just copy-paste a whole bunch of shit. So you, end up yeah. with so you end up with situations where we have to ride around on the yak for an hour collecting things for literally no reason. Because, hey, we made this nice environment. We're going to bloody well appreciate it, boyo. And then there was yeah, um, the, the other bit in God of War Ragnarok that I mentioned in the review was uh, when Kratos decides to consult the fates. Hmm. So he has to get on his dog sled and the dog sled lead him to a cave and he has to fight a dude bunch of dudes and there's a couple of other puzzles and they just go oh this is the wrong cave go back on the dog sled back across the map exact same situation happens again oh this is the wrong cave too oh those rascally fates and i guess the question is what the fuck is this adding to the game yeah it it, it also feels like the game does that a couple times where it uh 
forces you to go on these kind of like fetch quests and chores that don't feel like they're serving the main thrust of the plot. Yeah. Um, and but, I feel yeah. like the God of War 2018 did a better job. It felt like almost everything you were doing, you were, you know, their their goal was to ultimately spread uh, Kratos' wife slash Atreus' I think that's an, ashes. I think that's an important factor. In God of War 2018, there is that one overhanging goal. We're going to get yeah. to the highest mountain and scatter the ashes. What's mm -hmm. the overarching goal in God of War Ragnarok? It seems to be we want to prevent Ragnarok, but then we want to do a Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's they, like something with Ragnarok, and then it just kind of happens at the end. They don't really settle on anything for a while. For a while, it feels more like a soap opera. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's the Giants faction, and there's the Aesir faction, and uh -huh. Atreus is sort of stuck between them for a while. And there's all these different characters with different sort of family dramas between each other. Heimdall comes on and be's, becomes an, be's, is an absolute cunt. So yeah, he's a, got, he's a real he's a real wad. I tell you what that reminded me of. You know how um did you ever watch Ang Lee's Hulk movie? Uh yes. Yeah, I actually rewatched it recently. Weirdly. Well, I, well, what I've always thought from that film is that Ang Lee seems to be really psychotic about making sure the main character doesn't kill anyone who doesn't yeah. seem to deserve it. Yeah. I mean there's a there's a bit where like the Hulk is like smashing up a helicopter and they ADR some dialogue from the helicopter pilot saying it's okay we're all right but you have to get him <laughs> off us right now and literally like literally the only person who dies in that film is the dude who is set up scene after scene after scene to be an absolute irredeemable cunt yeah like um, is that maybe like a symptom of classic like comic books to where like you can't have like you need to make sure that like the the hero never does anything that could be deemed unheroic. Well, there's a lot of superhero movies that don't let it that don't seem to let it bother them. Yeah, yeah, like um, any movie with a car chase where there's just like well, like any Batman movie where he goes oh, on yeah. a car chase through Gotham, it's like a lot a lot of people died back there. Yeah, so Kratos basically has to kill a god to get the whole thing going. So they have to, re and they're doing this whole character thing where Kratos is trying to move away from his violent past and, mm -hmm. and uh, not start Ragnarok. So they have to really make him really want to kill this dude. But it takes so uh, long to get there, and there's so many does, like, yeah. side parts into things that don't ultimately go anywhere. And you can see that sort of thing in uh, a lot of other games. I always felt like. In The Last of Us and a lot of the Uncharted games, and Last of Us 2 especially, they always do this thing where the characters get to a high point and then they, and they point to a point on the skybox and say, that's where we need to go. And then the plot literally doesn't move until they get there and everything up to that yeah. point is just filler gameplay. Just trudging yeah. through, like, copy-pasted combat arenas and shit. Yeah, I think that was one of... One of my main complaints with God of War was it felt so many of the sequences felt so formulaic it felt like i know what's going to happen i entered this arena and i know things are going to pop out and i might have to fight a troll or i might have to fight a lizard um and the funny thing is there's like it felt very railroaded most of the game mm. except there's one optional area um near the end of the game you unlock and it's called the crater and it's um it's a pretty like sizable open world area with a couple different like hubs to it and it has it utilizes the game's kind of day night puzzles where you can uh you know have the moon come out or the sun come out mm. and it utilizes like having permanent effects on the environment like there's a dam and if you can destroy the dam the the canyon gets flooded and then it allows you to reach new areas um and it was 
you can kind of solve this entire thing in any order you want. It's it's not railroading you down these paths. You are allowed to explore and and you know freely take on the challenges as you see fit. And each of the side quests in there feed into a single story about about Kratos and his wife's backstory that you are compelled to know. And to me, it was the most interestingly designed thing in the game. And it is a hundred percent optional. And I think a bunch of people are going to miss it. And it's very strange to me. That smacks of wanting to just pack everything in you gotta have it's yeah. like that there was that one open world level at the start of the last of us 2 it's yeah like, like yeah. when you're going around seattle yeah and yeah. uncharted 4 did the same thing with like there was a madagascar level that had like big yeah. kind of african planes gonna say we've got to have uh, combat and stealth and action and uh, crafting and upgrades collectibles and people like open world stuff like an elden ring so we'll just have one bit that's elden ring that most people won't get to yeah it's yeah. like a company full of too many employees all trying to look busy and they just grabbed everything they made and shoved it all together into a big into one space yeah i mean i think a part of it is when you release a game that wins a bunch of game of award awards like what do you do next how do you top it um how do you top a game that was ultimately really surprising and how it changed up the formula like god of war 2018 even if like i know you you weren't the biggest fan of the departure it took from the original god of war games mm. but it felt like it made a big move whereas with this i didn't feel like a big move was being made it felt very much like um you know more of the same which wasn't mm. again a capital b bad thing but just didn't land with the same impact as the original i think what we mean when we say badly paced mm -hmm. uh, what it ultimately comes down to is that uh we should feel that everything we do is in some way moving towards the goal Mm -hmm. And we should feel like we're being rewarded with progress to a degree commensurate to the effort we've put in. So when we have to go through an entire chapter dog sledding across the map three times and the end result is like one cutscene where some fates show up and say, hey, you're supposed to kill Heimdall. Go do that. That doesn't feel like enough payoff for the work we've put into achieving that end. Yeah, well, it also feels like you could even break that down into even a more micro level in terms of like when you when you talk about payoff, there's different kinds of payoff, right? There's narrative payoff, like if we want to see where the story goes with this. And then there's mechanical payoff, like if you want to unlock things and if you really want to engage with like a game's form of currency and XP and everything. And then there's like the payoff of like surprises of like going to a new place and being like, oh, I didn't expect this or the payoff of you know, throwing a new gameplay twist at you. And at least for me, like, I didn't really enjoy the game's currency and, and building out my character. Like, I found mm -hmm. very little reason to, to dig into that system. And so if the story stuff wasn't hitting with me, then I kind of felt like, what am I even doing here? Mm. There's an argument that a game or a story should be continually escalating and building up until, like, the big finish. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that. That's just not really practical in something like God of War. You can't, like, continually getting bigger and bigger and more interesting. I think for that sort of thing, for a more extended experience, it benefits from a sort of uh, peaks and troughs model. Sure. Where people uh, have a chance to sort of mentally catch come down breath. from... Yeah. yeah. Catch a breath yeah. from the big moments and sort of, uh, you know, reestablish where we are. Yeah. It, it, yeah, if you just keep having escalating action, then... Like, I brought up Doom 2016 earlier. That's a game that didn't have any any moment to catch your breath. It was well, just it, constant well, it has, killing. 
Well, it sort of has lulls in that after everything's dead, you can just sort of move to the next arena at your leisure. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like it, it you, you like you're safe in the hallways until you get to the next room. Yeah, yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Um, it's, it's also like when I think of some of the longer games that are really well paced, someone was asking earlier, why the hell is Kirby in the thumbnail? And I specifically <laughs> asked Kirby to be in the thumbnail. I was wondering um, that. Because when I was thinking of games this year that I thought were really well paced, the Kirby game that came out early this year came to mind. And it's because it did a thing that Nintendo does a lot, like, um, Mario 3D World does a really good job at this, where each level you enter it. And it throws a really interesting idea at you. And whether that idea is a new mechanic for Kirby or a new environmental hazard or a new even gameplay type, like this is a race or this is sort of an open area to collect things. And every time I would enter a new stage, I wouldn't know what to expect. And I would be pleasantly surprised by whatever I saw. And it reminded me of, like in the same way last year, It Takes Two felt like one of those games where every section felt like they just completely reworked the mechanics to a point where i was like why aren't you reusing some of these like yeah that was this bad. doesn't seem like this doesn't seem financially stable yeah i remember thinking uh very similar thoughts yeah is the problem that games are just expected to be too long is the problem our expectations that something like god of war has to be 30 hours long and uh, they have to dribble the story along in dribs and drabs a little breadcrumb trail just to stretch it out long enough to fill that space yeah, and it almost feels like the old model, like if you go back to try to watch any TV show from before the streaming area era, and you are like, oh, I forgot shows were 24 episodes per season. Maybe in America. So you, oh, yeah, I guess that is a very, that is a very American thing, where, where everything has to be bigger. That yeah. was the era of, of supersized uh, uh, everything at McDonald's, too. Yeah, popular British but, sitcoms, um, you, get two ep you get six episodes, and that has to like keep you going for like a year. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe they were onto something there. Maybe a little bit longer than six, but um, yeah, well, with those yeah, with those long could, things, you ultimately had filler episodes that you could concentrate. Yeah, you could concentrate the humor. Faulty Towers only had twelve episodes. It's remembered as one of the funniest sitcoms ever made. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big differences between the you know the original Office and the American Office is what the original Office had like two series and a Christmas special, so it was hmm. you know at the max 10 hours whereas uh you know in the u.s it was 24 episodes per season and eight seasons or whatever yeah i do think the expectation that a game be 60 hours long is part of the problem but how do you how do you escape that i mean we're kind of stuck with that now aren't we we've established that that's what people should expect for their 60 dollars you're like try to sell people on like a, a nice snacky six hour experience as it is exactly as long as it needs to be to tell the story it wants to tell that's yeah. just not going to make the money back. Yeah, and the, and you also get the problem there when a game does try to be a single-player narrative-driven game, like we just had the Callisto Protocol. Then you get that story of before it comes out, they start talking about the season pass and how make sure you don't sell your game after you beat it and make sure you buy this $20 season pass because we promise we're going to have new death, death animations and challenges and oh, that's, story that's things down the line. It? 
fucking detonations. Yeah. And that was one of the most obnoxious parts of that game from what I've played of it so far. Would you like to pay for more? Would you would like I? to pay for the ability to have more of them? Well, let me think. Uh, would you like your eyeballs replaced with my testicles? <laughs> but I would also have to pay for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I would have to buy in for twenty dollars for it to happen. Um, yeah, and that's that's a bummer. Like the the that sort of brevity still exists in the um, in the indie space. Like um, oh, yeah, whether yeah. it's like you know a game like a short hike or stray or anything like that that feels very short, or even games that. Like, I don't know, Neon White's probably the best paced game of the year because every single level is like Yeah, yeah. I mean everything, an adrenaline rush, a one minute adrenaline rush. Everything AAA games throw in the bin because they want to focus on the broadest possible appeal shows up in the indie space. Yeah. And the indie space is rich with uh, exactly the sort of uh, good games you actually we actually want to see. Yeah, and it's so like I don't know, I keep I keep wondering if this is a thing like will the uh will the triple a space like s is this a cycle will we eventually <laughs> like loop back around and this business model will be you know uh you know unsustainable and so they'll have to go back to making shorter tighter things sort well, of more interesting or experimental or focused things well as i've said before uh if you want like uh an equivalent i would say look at the golden age of hollywood when it was knocking out huge expensive epics like Ben-Hur and Cleopatra that had like thousands yeah. of extras and it was all about upping the spectacle and making each one bigger and better and longer and more exciting and after a while that was just unsustainable yeah and, and uh, once they realized that they could uh, sort of pivot to smaller director focused auto-driven things spearheaded by figures like Hitchcock and Scorsese uh -huh. and uh, Spielberg uh, then that was that basically became the film industry from then on. These like auto-driven, director-driven pieces, like uh, like crowd-pleasing pieces, like Jaws and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I would say we might be looking at a similar sea change in video games once they realise that it's too hard to make their money back, and they could do it just as easily with something tightly created. Yeah, yeah. Part of me has a, a part of me is worried that it feels like film. I don't know. Now it doesn't feel like everyone is banging their fists against the table and being like, "We need things to look shinier and better in movies." Whereas with games, there's kind of this built-in. I I paid five hundred dollars for a new console or or a thousand dollars for a new graphics card, and so you, it, it is on you to deliver something that makes me feel validated for my purchase. So you need to have a team of five hundred spend four years to make this game where every blade of grass is accurately rendered. Remember when Daikatana taking like three years was considered cartoonishly overlong? Yeah, yeah. Well, that didn't work out well for Daikatana, but well, I guess uh, yeah, no, it was. I mean, yeah. I don't, but I don't think you know, uh, lack of time was the issue with Daikatana. No, no, I think that was uh, what. Well, I guess what was the issue with Daikatana? Like, I, well, uh, John Ramiro was was a big uh, yeah. one of the big <laughs> issues with Daikatana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See, the problem was that Romero and Carmack kind of needed each other, because Romero was the ideas guy, the, like the the big picture guy with all the ideas for like crazy fantasy concepts. Mm -hmm. And but Carmack was basically just an engine programmer, who one of the best engine programmers in the world. But yeah. when he was left to his own devices and shit like Quake Two, it ended up just being a rather dry affair. 
Ramiro yeah. was the one who came up with all the like the crazy Lovecraftian shit in the original Quake. Yeah, so you kind of needed those two, yeah, those two well, different sides. And, two and, when Ra- and when Ramiro was on his own without someone to like keep him firmly rooted in reality, uh, he produced Daikatana, this Daikatana. concept where there's like four different time periods, each has got different monsters and different weapons, which yeah. was severely overambitious for the time. Yeah, and uh, he wasn't actually that good of writers. So the story was just kind of lame. Uh, overambition was the problem. Yeah, which I, I feel like you can look at a lot of the you know a lot of the biggest sort of um, misfires in the industry, and that can mm. that can definitely be a problem. Pacing is uh, particularly couple- pacing particularly hard in video games, I think, because uh, uh, well, the pace might be different depending on the skill level of the player, mightn't it? uh yeah yeah and that's like a lot of people are mentioning and we even have in the art uh you know elden ring and souls mm-hmm. games and that's something we haven't talked about here and sort of um take i guess elden ring specifically like elden ring is a longer game than god of war ragnarok i think it takes yeah. longer to mainline the story there's i think it's longer to 100 percent the game um but people aren't complaining about the pace of elden ring except that i would say most people say the game like the last third of the game is not as strong as the first third, minus like the very final boss rush, which which well, is pretty good. It, but, that um, seems to be common. That, yeah, that's uh, a the last. That sounds like a Souls problem. Yeah, doesn't, it doesn't seem to go go well. I yeah, think some, some people uh, like uh, run into brick walls in Elden Ring because of like going to the wrong places and running into difficulty spikes. It's there's a it's specifically designed that everyone sort of has an individual experience with the game. Yeah. I think if you uh, if you do like run into a difficulty spike, I found you could always just go somewhere else. So that's one of the big things in it, and that it's interesting to talk about pace in a game like that, where you know, um, it, in uh, movies or TV shows, like uh, you know, books, uh, music, pace is controlled almost primarily by the author. Mm. Like, yeah, you're gonna have you know the pace, it, the, the speed it takes you to read something might impact your taste or commercial breaks and old network TV shows might impact their pace, but mostly it's authored. Um, whereas with games, and especially with open world games, like so much of the pace is put on your shoulders. Yeah. So what you do becomes the pace. And if, you know, if if you're not liking the pace of an open world game, that, then the game just might not be for you because you are yeah. in charge of that pace. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, Something like uh, Spider-Man on the PS4 plays like it's got a very good pace because uh, you could swing around at your leisure. And part of the reason why things like God of War and uh, Last of Us 2 feels badly paced is because the game attempts to control the pace, even though the player is in charge by like uh, forcing the player down this very linear path, usually down narrow cracks in caves. Uh caves, And uh, forcing them to experience the story at their intended pace. Yeah, and it's. Um, I mean, no one could. No, I don't think anyone would accuse Spider-Man of being badly paced if uh, they did a first. They did a story mission and then fucked around with side stuff for th- eight hours before going to the. Oh, next Oh yeah, because if you're mission. having fun doing the doing the the fuck around, yeah. then that that's all that kind of matters, right? Um, yeah. And that's. I think that's part of why I really like that one area of God of War was because it felt like everything I was doing was my decision. Whereas a lot of God of War was like, all right, well, now I have to ride this yak through the water and now I have to collect this fruit and, and now I have to go fight like a witch that feels like it's from Spirited Away. Yeah, um, that was weird. 
Like a That's boss weird, that right? just uh, like had literally never been brought up until the moment they're introduced, and then never gets brought up again after the, you defeat them. Very weird. By the end of the game, like I was like, that was a thing in this game, and I completely forgot I did that like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um. So yeah, very very strange. I think. <clears throat> So we mentioned something like uh, Persona earlier, which we do take a drink every time we mention Persona on this show. We but, like um, that game. <laughs> but uh, Persona is also, <clears throat> I feel like Persona 4 and 5 even, I always have to recommend with the caveat of, oh, so the opening really is going to railroad you for a while. Like you're going to have to do what the game wants you to do until you get to the first palace or dungeon and you would start to unlock your party and then the game, you know, let's go a little bit and lets you spend your time how you want to spend your time. And once you get to those sections where you can spend your time how you want to spend your time, I think those games are incredibly paced. Because I think a lot of it is up to you whether you want to jam through a dungeon or do side stuff in Mementos or, you know, hang out with, with pals or, or upgrade mm -hmm. your stats or wander around the city. And, and you're constantly given these kind of micro choices where it feels like everything you're doing is feeding into the systems that all feed into your progression. Um, yeah, but you have yeah. to put it to work to get there, which is always a yeah. thing that kind of sucks to recommend something and be like, uh, it gets better after X amount of hours. Yeah, that is another game that very tightly controls the pace. But uh, yeah. imagine if Persona 5 had been an open world and instead of just skipping to places uh, via the map screen to go straight there, you had to commute across an entire map getting into little side challenges on the way that's yeah i mean what is at that point it kind of feels like that's like a yakuza game i guess um yeah, maybe. yeah it it, it kind of like scares you into thinking it's going to be like that because the first two or three times you take the train like to school in persona yeah. 5 you have to wander around the the shibuya train station and it's just you're just lost because i'm like i don't speak japanese and i also don't know where i am right now i think that would um, i think that would absolutely kill the pace of persona 5 which i think it would destroy it yes which very much absolutely which very much relies on pace i think when yeah when it's obvious like the combat's just being copy pasted to drag the gameplay out that mm -hmm. uh it, i sort of zone out it doesn't feel like a significant uh part of anything yeah but then you know it might be different for other people because i'm like a professional who's played games for many many years so i know all the tricks saying oh this is just the, another bunch of the same dudes they've they've put into pad this chapter out and oh they're using this tight squeeze down a narrow passage to cover up the loading yeah you almost start seeing you you, you see like the code through the matrix you're like oh i understand yeah. not why this is happening from a story standpoint but why this is happening from a practical design standpoint i was trying to like look at uh the uncharted and last of us games from a perspective of if you assume that all the random none of the random combat counts that none of it actually happened that it was just you know a thing to fill time if you just consider the story without any of that how do i do i feel any differently about it well it would mean nathan drake didn't murder quite so many human beings which sort of helps the sure. the sort of uh, upbeat tone of those games yeah 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 and i guess it puts the you know in like the last of us you kill thousands of people but yeah. the last of us 2 hinges on the death of one of those random people that you killed that yeah, you killed in a cutscene like, no, um, no this is the death that counts yeah those other ones they didn't have a family like none of them yeah. have kids that want to get back that want to have revenge on you 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <sighs> Shall we go to chats? Yeah, we got a bunch of them. I'm sure people have yeah, a, lot of, got a, a whole, lot of different thoughts on it. We've got a whole bunch to get through. Starting with the unjointed goose, eight, who gave us eight ninety nine New Zealand dollars to say, can't catch this live, but thanks for all the content. Yahtzee, I expect a snarky comment in response for this super chat. Uh, I think you. I think your name is supposed to be disjointed goose eight. I don't think unjointed is a word. I've never heard of that. I like how it sounds though. Unjointed goose. That sounds uh, nice. Well, better than disjointed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I like the idea of unjointed. Maybe that's a New Zealand thing. Is that a New Zealand thing? I guess disjointed is like the joints uh, have got become disconnected, and unjointed just means there aren't any joints at all. Unjoint is a term. It's just the lesser. Okay. It's like a. I guess it's a term of dislocating. I don't like it. I don't know. I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. Well, anyway, Paul four six nine. Welcome to early access. Too okay. good to post a comment though. Oh, Paul. Uh, just a reminder. Yeah, well, this is the bits of this podcast where we read out all the super chats we've gotten so far. So this is the time to get them in. If you want us to read out something embarrassing or ask us a question, just mm -hmm. a reminder. Not ev not everyone's an old hand at this shit. That's true. We get new audience members on a weekly basis. Sure do, I assume. Eric Eric Cartman gives $5, says, It feels like AAA devs are trying to recapture the longevity of PS2-era games by just padding their games out instead of actually making them fun. Well, that was my point, of course, and the reason why games felt like they were longer in the olden times because they weren't so technically advanced. Final Fantasy VII could have, like, 100 hours of gameplay because it was all 2D backdrops and kind of primitive 3d models over the top of it which is an easy thing to hack a lot of out yeah well that's the thing with like final fantasy the original final fantasy 7 um you know that opening midgar section feels massive but it takes like three hours to get through yeah. and in final fantasy 7 remake they turn that into the entire game yeah and so because that they, almost feels indicative of this whole thing because there was the obligation to like fully render the entire environments full of details yeah 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 it wasn't just a bunch of like a handful of different screens yeah so they had to make the content work like you couldn't just like have one screen that you go through and never see again i'm curious um so i just saw like uh they posted the opening whatever 20 minutes of uh the dead space remake and I'm curious to watch it. I'm curious, like, how much of a one-to-one -one that game, and even RE4, is going to be. Like, are those games just going to be the same length as Dead Space I'm, 1? And, I'm very curious to know how long the RE4 remake is, because Resident Evil 4 1 was an obscenely long game. Needed two discs on the GameCube. Yeah, and that's a game that everyone everyone says they love, but I'm like, there's parts of that game that that that, that, that game could be trimmed a little bit. Maybe. I mean, I remember it all, like, feeding into each other. I guess the castle section drags on a bit. Yeah. Anyway. Stan Tobias gives $10 and says, Hey, Yards, just finished the Dita books and started with Save the Galaxy for Cash. Looking forward to the rest of it. Also, hi, Marty. Well, I oh, hope wow. you're not starting with Save the Galaxy for Cash, because that was the second book. 
Oh no! We'll save the galaxy for food. Was the first book in that trilogy? I guess well, you I... could like. What if you started like if Empire Strikes Back was your first Star Wars? Then you'd be like, "What? What's the deal with all these characters?" And then you could well, watch A New Hope. You know, in Medias Res, it's a thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Super Wonder Bat gives five New Zealand dollars. Lots of New Zealand, lots of Kiwis in the chat. Yeah, today. what's going on there? Isn't it super early? I have no idea. Well, oh yeah, I guess it would be. And uh, says, in his Sonic Frontiers EP, Yahtzee referenced Attack on Titan. Has he been watching Stroke <gasps> reading it? If so, what does he think? Oh, fucking weebs. Fucking weebs. The slightest hint that you might like some anime that they like. And they My people. And they instantly start grilling you. No, I haven't been watching Stroke reading Attack on Titan reason A. I was just you trying just to think know of it as a concept. I was trying to think of what Sonic Forces could possibly be like aping tone-wise, and that was the first yeah. thing that sprang to mind. I did play that Attack on Titan game, but I didn't really know any of the characters in it because I haven't mm -hmm. seen any of the other stuff. Yeah. Quite enjoyed the gameplay in Attack on Titan 2 the game. Speaking of Spider-Man. Uh yeah, it had a lot of swinging. Yeah, lots of like rick hookshotting around the landscape. If you enjoyed that game, might I recommend the hit anime Attack on Titan? Uh, no, you might not. Okay, okay. I just want uh, to ask. A, a superb owner gives $10. Oh, I see what you did there. A superb ah. owner. And says, ah. hey, hey, Yats and Marty, long time listener, first time super chatter here, wanting to start by saying thanks for all the years of laughter, nigh adventures, and knob gags. Here's some money. Thank oh, you very much. Oh, that's really nice. Superb owner. I think that's great. Uh, Quirk of League gives five pounds and says, LTL, third time super chatter. Not much to say, except keep up the good work, you two. Tinky Tonk and down with the Nazis. Well, thank you for that little glimpse into your stream of consciousness, Quirk of League. Where, what do you think Tinky Tonk's all about? I couldn't even venture, I guess. <laughs> is, that a, is that a phrase in any of the countries you've lived in? Has anyone not, ever said Tinky Tonk? I'm not that I'm aware of. Maybe it's a Scandinavian thing. Might be. Uh, Will Cooling. Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, "Doom's random wandering gets old." Why I love Prodeus. I assume you mean the original Doom. Yeah, the old, the classic boomer shooter model of hunting around labyrinthine levels, looking for the red key and the yellow key and the blue key. Was a little tiresome. Probably why so yeah. few shooters do it these days. It was, uh, it was, it's been illuminating to, uh, sit in the passenger seat as Nick goes through the, uh, Dark Forces slash Jedi Knight games, mm. because he asks all these questions about old design sensibilities, and I'm like, I don't have answers for him, I'm like, I don't know, that just was the way it was, like, it wasn't a good way to design something, it just was the way things were designed, oh. so. Oh god, Will Cooling, yeah. never, don't ever play Hexen, Jesus oh, Christ, no. random wandering in Doom games. Do you think they're gonna ever bring back you, like they keep rebooting like Doom and there's rumors of a Quake and they brought Wolfenstein back? Do you think they can do Hexen? Oh, well, they might for the name recognition. I very much doubt yeah. it would resemble the original Hexen much. Sure, yeah. Although Hexen was sort of a quasi early Souls like when you think about it, or more of a Metroidvania maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like the sort of the the dark occult and magic of it. Mm. I thought it was a neat. A neat spin. Well, I got a game for you. It's called Castlevania Symphony of the Night. What a it's game. It's really good. It's incredible. Uh, Zion gives five pounds and says, more game is more better, say marketing devs got three hours of story and told to stretch it over 748,292 years of game to make the advertised length quota. 
quite Xeon. You read that year extremely quickly. I was really impressed. You didn't stumble over any of those numbers. I'm an old hand at reading things fast. Shall I do another one true. fast? The dogmatic director oh, no. of a member for seven months in bonus content says some games insisted on holding your hand while you're just trying to play the game really kills pacing for me thinking of you, Skyward Sword. Are you telling me we could be done with this show in like 45 minutes every week if you just did that? I need a script. I can't think that fast. <laughs> okay. And I don't think I'd have time to respond because I definitely can't talk that fast. That was very impressive. Oh, um, I'll tell you a game you won't like if you don't like the game holding your hand for too long. Marvel's Midnight Suns. You get it's like five hours before the last gameplay mechanic is introduced in that. I have I, I think I'm over five hours in and I keep I have, I have all this shit and I don't know what to do with any of it. I keep collecting things, I keep wandering around and like finding weird things in the pool and opening might, up weird areas. You might enjoy this week's zero punctuation. Waggle waggle eyebrows. Spoiler alert, it probably won't be too dissimilar to all the re other reviews I've seen that say, I review bits. I enjoy bits of Marvel's Midnight Suns. Is it the waifu simulator parts where you get to choose, like, Tony Stark as a waifu? Well, I can see why that would appeal to you. Is Tony Stark your waifu? I think the general waifu in the game? I think the general consensus in that game is that the combat's really good. It's just a shame about everything else the combat is forced to drag around. I've liked the other stuff. It feels like Fire Emblem. Well, that's another point I'll be covering. Blade uh, is my waifu. <laughs> I didn't really have a waifu. Husbando? I was, I was just, you know, like with most AAA games, the focus is on number crunching, so I was just trying to even things out, try to get everyone's relationship score up at roughly the same rate. But anyway. Blade. Blade with your waifu. Fine, I took Blade on a fishing trip once. Are you happy? I am. Sounds nice. Wesley Thomas, I thought he'd like, you know, something that involved killing things. Wesley Thomas <laughs> gives five Canadian, uh, I think that's Canadian dollars, to say Yahtzee made a point a while ago, the Rage Review, if I recall correctly, that all the space that should be devoted to story is instead devoted to the pretty graphics. Yeah, I guess that was around the time that was still felt like a fresh thing to comment on. Now it feels yeah. redundant because basically every game is sacrificing story to devote to the pretty graphics. Yeah. nothing to add okay no i just i just agree you just put it really well okay i feel like me adding anything to it would just be like padding out the length of a game oh good thinking burner account i'll maintain the pacing of this live podcast <laughs> burner account uh gives five dollars and says the best paced games i've played were usually survival horror signalis was sub 20 hours and everything you did felt meaningful same with re1 and 2 yeah i should probably get around to finishing signalis possibly over the holidays yeah, we were just talking about that it. before we went live. I'm just going to say right now, I definitely won't be reviewing it before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's also horror is a thing that just shouldn't be really long. Like, I know we keep going back on this. Like, I think the big thing about Alien Isolation was that it ended up being too long. And, and at mm -hmm. a certain point, the tension stopped being tension and it just became frustration. And yeah. me trying to figure out what the game wanted from me. Um, whereas those original Silent Resident Evil and Silent Hill games. Silent Hill 2 never felt over long. Yeah, absolutely. Actually... Having said that, Silent Hill 1 did drag in a couple of places. Really? Like there's, like there's bits where you have to go all the way back across town and go through the sewers to go back to... Yeah. Yeah. Like Silent Hill I bet 2, it, it comparatively, those comparatively, Silent Hill 2 is beautifully paced and it's a much tighter game. Yeah. I guess if you if you cut down on the backtracking, backtracking is a thing where when you start doing that, you start being like, oh, are you purposely trying to just pad out the length of your game by reusing 
the areas from earlier yeah. and tossing in a, new, a couple new enemies in there or something <clears throat> wesley thomas gives five canadian dollars and says p.s people keep bringing up how a game has to be worth the money 30 to 80 dollars and so they are compelled to stretch three to four hours of content out over eight to 20 hours yes we've brought that up as well yeah but the, the thing is games have always been this expensive and they, they didn't need to do that before who do, who do we blame for this what's the what's the is there like the, an original sin is there a game that did this first and everyone else was like, well, shit, we could do that. Is this like an know. Assassin's Creed, a Ubisoft thing? I don't know. I think it was just uh, the general attitude that uh, games had to be bigger and better as uh, time yeah. and technology progressed. And uh, games are sort of naturally long from the start. I mean, even from the earliest days, like your average JRPG would go on for like 10 hours. Yeah, I guess that's true. Chucky Unequal gives 25 Rons, just 25 dudes called Ron, and says, You once compared gaming as an art to architecture and AAA games to office buildings. So it's obviously insane to expect us to explore a whole office. Exactly. Just cubicle farm after cubicle farm, level after level. Yeah. That's what a lot of these like ghost train rides feel like, you know? Especially if there's a like a if there's a cover focus to the combat. So you just mm -hmm. go in and it's just another fucking cubicle farm of chest-high walls to play around with. Uh, we, got to gives... explore, we, we got to explore a full office space in um, Control. That was nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit uh, sexless, but nice. Yeah. Yeah. Zion gives five pounds and says, Lots of games are poorly paced because they drag on, but what games are poorly paced because they wanted to tell more story than they had gameplay? Huh. Good question, Zion. Tell more stuff. I mean, I guess uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so because uh, that's what I sign up for. But I think uh, people make the complaint about Kojima's games mm. that, like, you know, something like Metal Gear Solid Four has. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Probably more cutscene than gameplay in that game. Yeah. So that's, that's clearly uh, an example of where they wanted to spend their money. Yeah, that's a good example actually. Because mm -hmm. when you've got like an hour of cutscene and the gameplay into cutting it was like walking down one corridor that's, <laughs> and then that's of it, yeah. yeah that's probably gameplay not commensurate to the story yeah john connor member for nine months in tip jar hi john connor nice to see you hello john captain loin gives five dollars and says going back to old games can really exacerbate poor poor pacing some games really do screech to a halt on replays like mass effect one gen 7 pokemon yeah i mentioned system shock 2 earlier like I've, uh, that's a very long game that goes on a while, a lot of backtracking, and I've met a lot of people who say it's really good, but not so many people who've actually finished it. Yeah, look, I don't know how much, like, how, how, I guess pacing on a replay is almost like an entirely different beast, right? Like experiencing something guess, for the first yeah. time is always going to be different than... There were a lot of times when I've looked at, remembered a game and said, I should replay that, and I've started it, and I've gotten past, like, the good pit, the good bit in the first couple of hours that I was actually thinking about. And I get to a sloggy bit, and then I just sort of go, oh, I'm bored, and then never really get back to it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I remember that happening with Silent Hill Homecoming, which isn't a good game, but I remember it being sort of funny, sort of funny bad. So I was yeah. playing that for a while, then it gets to like the first section in the hotel where things, the pace drops, and uh, I just sort of stopped playing. 
and I think a little while later I was listening to a podcast or a Let's Play video or something, and someone was talking about Silent Hill Homecoming and said, hey, listener, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Uh, the last time you played Homecoming, you stopped playing during the hotel section, didn't you? And it was one of the things that everyone was like, we did. Yeah, yes, that's absolutely true. That's ex <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> I don't like it. Psychics, get out of here. What do you, uh, have we ever talked about what you think the worst Silent Hill game is? Is it Downpour? Uh, I think Homecoming is worse. Homecoming is worse. Did you play that Vita one? That Vita one was really bad. Oh, that, that Vita one? one's also like 40 hours long, I think. Was that the one that was uh, inspired by I, Gauntlet? Yeah, it was like isometric. I never got around to playing that one because everything I heard made me absolutely not want to. It was very bad. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're fine. Yeah, um, if we were ranking Silent Hill games, obviously you separate them. Japanese yeah. developed ones first. Yeah. Uh, Silent Hill 2 first, then Silent Hill 4 for me. Then maybe Silent Hill 1 and possibly Silent Hill 3rd last, 3 last. I mean, oh, it's still wow. good, but it's just, I don't like it as much as the others. Yeah, I still think League's better than <laughs> what the next couple are going to be. And uh, as for the Western ones, none of them reached, like, the same standard. Yeah. But I'd I, say I, my, my favorite of those was probably... Shattered Memories. Yeah, which is a kind of a remake of the first one, right? Certainly the most memorable. At least it wasn't just trying to be Silent Hill 2 again, like all the others yep. were. Yeah. No, trying and failing to be Silent Hill 2 again. Yeah. Because they took all the wrong lessons. Don't worry, Bloober Team's going to come back and save the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a... That'll be a highlight of my upcoming year, I'm sure. <laughs> 2023, yeah. <clears throat> Where was I? Yeah. Uh, e. Abdurrahman gives us $5 and says, It's the length, in my opinion. No game longer than 10 hours doesn't have at least one section that slogs the pacing to varying degrees. What about It Takes Two, Abdurrahman? I wouldn't say there's any section in that game that feels like it slogs. But as you yeah, say, it's, it's, it's insane the amount of variety in that game. Yeah, yeah, how heavily it leans into the whole kitchen sink thing. Um, mm. Which, it's it's funny to see some games try that. Like, Sonic Frontiers seem to try that. Where every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, we're just doing, we're doing like a miniature bullet hell thing. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, oh, we're just going to do a very long pinball thing. And so just because you're introducing new mechanics, it doesn't mean that's a good thing. Cad mm. uh, Lima gives $5 and says, Love Way of the Samurai 1. How long to beat says you can get to the credits in 4 hours and 15 minutes, but it's a plus since it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Kai. I remember don't Way of the Samurai 1. I don't think I'm familiar with it. Maybe that was a PS2 game. Oh. Yeah, there was a lot of shit on PS2. That's what happens when you got, uh, you know, reachable targets and good third-party support. Yep. Accessible to the lower level developers. Karuta Cowboy, member for 29 months, uses their member chat to say, is the escapist doing a stream for the Game Awards? My friend who I usually watch with is unavailable. Are we? We are. We're doing a live watch along with the Game Awards on Thursday evening. Our stream will probably go live around uh, 6 p.m. Central. Their pre-show goes live at 6.30 Central, and then the show itself starts at 7 p.m. Central. So Nick, Casey, and I We'll be doing that. They've already announced things like Final Fantasy 16 is going to be there. They just announced they're going to show the first gameplay of Jedi Survivor, the, the Jedi Fallen Order follow-up. You know what you get in that game? You get a gun. 
He's got a gun. He's got a blaster and a lightsaber. You get a Great. gun, but do you squeeze down narrow caves a lot? I, oh, I can almost guarantee you we're going to squeeze down a lot of narrow caves in that game. Almost uh, guaranteed. So what? Uh, you got a hot pick for the Game Awards? I think in retrospect, Elden Ring's probably going to sweep it. I think God of War's, in retrospect, people are starting to realize the pace issues. Yeah, and I think Elden Ring's it just stands out. Um, man, I was kind of like people were like. I, I kept expecting God of War to turn into something else and be like, oh, this is why people were fawning over it. Yeah. Um, and it, it never did. Yeah, I tried to like pull the wool over our eyes by coming out like the week before admissions closed yeah. to Game Awards. Yeah, that felt like a shiny new toy kind of thing. Yeah, but I think that's going to work against it in the long run. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Elden Ring. Bag of Decks, member for seven months in early access, says, sneaking a listen at work. Thanks for all the SSE convos. Oh, you're very welcome. Don't get fired. Please. Our superb owner gives $5 and says, Yards, have you heard of The IT Crowd, a British TV show with only six episodes per season? And as a result, I found nearly all of them to be memorable. Oh, have I heard of The IT Crowd, written by Graham Linehan and starring Chris O'Dowd and Richard Ayoade? The excellent Richard Ayoade, who, to my mind, uh, uh, really was the... Uh, uh, the breakout performance of that whole era of British television. Just watch him in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place one of these days. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Have you heard of the IT crowd? Where do you think you are? For shame, superb owner. For have, shame. Have I heard of one of the most popular British sitcoms of its era? Uh, WatchTech gives $10 and says, Yahtzee, which game you reviewed for ZP took the most time to finish the story and how long did it take you? God, I can't remember. I've played so many games. Well, uh, none of them took me longer than a week to finish the story, because that's all the time I have. Yeah. Well, I guess if we're being pedantic, um, I did review Persona 5 as EP, and then went back to it and finished the story, and that took like 120 hours. So there yeah. you go. That would probably be about at the top. Single-player games rarely get longer than that. Yeah. Ollie Howlett. Member for 12 months on credit, uses member chat to say, Hey guys, it's that time of year again when I hijack your nuanced discussion to wish my partner Holly a happy 22nd birthday tomorrow. Hope you have an amazing day. Okay, back to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, hello to Holly. Nice to hear happy that 22-year-olds yeah. are interested in listening to two middle-aged men. Happy, happy birthday, Holly. Also, are we going to talk about the fact that Ollie and Holly are a couple? That's excruciating. <laughs> you must be fun at parties. Ah, <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Ali. Oh Jesus. Piles of super chats still to go. BS Marsh gets five dollars, says here's something for the new goal. Always happy to join a stream. Okay. Thank thanks. You so much, BS Marsh. Hunter Roach gives ten dollars and says, Don't have much to add this week. Thanks for the content over the years. Here's ten bucks and a poorly spelled super chat. Was it poorly spelled? Uh, I'm just going over it. Well, uh, I guess I, I would have said poorly spelt with a T, but sure. I think spelled is still okay. Yeah, I think everything is spelled correctly. Hunter, you did great. Uh, Zion, Zion gives two pounds, says, Alexa, order 30 litres of intimate lotion. Oh, that oh, old no. prank. Oh, no. Zikruel gives two dollars and says, what sauce do you enjoy with chicky chicky nugs? Uh, I've always been fond of sweet chilli sauce with my... I uh, love sweet chilli sauce. With my deep fried chicken parts. Yeah. Comes from when I used to stop off for lunch at Red Rooster in the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane, and Is I'd always get like, I'd always get the breaded chicky tenders and sweet chili sauce. 
because mm. I'd risked some of their sandwiches and was determined never to risk that again. Amy said that uh, chicken nuggets are her favorite food, so in Milwaukee, we're going to have to find her Wisconsin's best chicken nuggets. Oh, Christ. Um, but yeah, sweet chili, sweet chili's great. Uh, I'm a big honey mustard fan. Uh, I, I like just a traditional, just a, just a smoky barbecue, all sorts. I'm a big sauce guy. Sauce like, me up. Have you tried HP sauce? I have tried HP sauce. Yeah, I like HP sauce. That's my favorite that's kind of, sauce. Yeah, that's a good sauce. Dylan Kuntz gives 9.99 and says, Joined late. Is the pacing in games bad because the AAA developers are trying to justify all the money it takes to make a game by making the game longer, or is it a Stockholm scenario? Not sure how you you could frame it as a Stockholm Stockholm's, situation yeah. thing. No, I definitely think it's it's the 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 first, which um, I don't think we like solved yes. the mystery or anything, but we would just like it to stop. We yes. don't know how to make it stop. Yes, we were just saying that it's probably because uh, the level of processing power required for current graphics tech precludes having too much variety. Yeah, so to and it, recreate uh, the game lens we're used to, they just have to pad things out a lot. Yeah, and I always do want to caveat it with like, you can say that we're saying this because we need to play so many things that we'd rather be able to complete things in a timely fashion. But I know from people who aren't in the industry who felt the same way. I've been like, yeah, God of War felt like it went on a little too long. Yeah, and so that's it's it's not just yeah. us. I mean, it's not just that we only have a limited amount of time to play it in. It's also that we feel like it's wasting our time that we yeah. could have done something else in, like learn how to be a surgeon. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I would have done that had I not had to ride on Anger Boda's yak. Yeah, there you gross. go. That's, that sounded <laughs> like really a, gross. Sounded like a euphemism there. That sounded yeah. really gross. Yeah, I'll ride that on Anger Boda's yak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'll be squirting a whole bunch of yak milk out by the end of that. <laughs> a superb owner gives five dollars says hey everyone be sure to sign up for the god of war ragnarok season pass to maybe one day unlock a new ability to slide through cracks at 1.5 times speed have they announced dlc for ragnarok there was famously no dlc for the last god of war game was uh, there no no sony um for for all their things are generally uh they generally don't uh, nickel and dime with dlc they'll occasionally release like full sort of expansions or side stories like the mm. the left behind last of us thing and stuff but funny that um, so sony's pretty good when it comes to that Rags Wolf gives five dollars. So speaking of minions who die, that reminds me of how Alpha Protocol had a stat for the number of children you orphaned after every mission. Did it Kiki really? Kiki. That's really good. Uh, I think it was a measure to sort of encourage you to play the stealthy uh, sure, gameplay style. Sure. Yeah, I once envisioned an idea for like a stealth game where every time you killed a guard there'd be some like randomly generated backstory that would they'd pause the game and scroll the entire backstory of that guard in like the star wars style and it would take about two yeah. minutes for each guard you killed and that would incenti to... that would incentivize you not to kill guards it would be it's like it's whole obituary in the star wars scroll yeah i like yeah. that something to keep in mind for the next time i do the dev diary thing there you perhaps. go yeah uh, SOJ gives $5 and says, I rarely catch this live, just wanted to say thanks. I enjoy listening to these conversations and have been listening to ZP for nearly a decade. I suppose, oh, how do you do awesome. that without, just thinking back to that game idea, how do you do that mm -hmm. without the play, make, letting the player just instantly close out of the game the moment it starts and then restart the level? Something to think about. Yeah, it's just as soon as you load the game back up, it, or it sends you the thing in an email. Yeah. 
Right, well, now that you're back, we will continue the story that you so rudely interrupted. That's, that's like in God of War, anytime you're on a boat and they're talking, like, Mimir's telling a story, yeah, you yeah. get to shore and he's like, well, we'll finish this next time. That'll come up in this week's Extra Punctuation, incidentally. Ooh. Uh, Mac Attack Games uh, gives four ninety nine and says, too much focus on length of play over quality. Hey, Yards, how's the writing going? Excited for the next Destroy Stroke Save the Galaxy books. Pretty good, and towards the end of the first draft for We'll Leave the Galaxy for Good. Probably going to have to rework a lot of it before it's a good book, but, you know, that's the, that's the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiro Osex the 13th gives ten dollars says my boyfriend and i really enjoy your stuff here's a tip to keep it up lots of couples watching as well it seems lots of couples and new zealanders watching the the live podcast possibly even couples in new zealand no impossible that would create a singularity uh lee mathy gives five pounds says i think i would actually enjoy a naughty dog game if it didn't have any combat encounters hmm yeah i'd like to see what that would be like do you think, think Uncharted could carry itself without combat encounters? Like if you were like Nathan Drake's pacifist daughter? What if instead of shooting dudes, you did a sort of like uh, bespoke uh, thing each time just to knock everyone out in a sort of cartoonish, uh, swashbuckling fun kind of way? Like not yeah. dropping chandeliers on people? See, that could be fun. You had like a mallet that you knock people yeah. out with. So, and nobody had to die. And then it would make sense when enemies, like, uh, the same enemy, like, repeated multiple times. Because it was literally the same animal after he, yeah, after he yeah. woke up and sh- showed up again. <laughs> uh, Patrick Hogue gives 4.99 and says, Hi there, just been curious as to why Returnal never made your top five of 2021. Your review was positive and it didn't even get an honourable mention. I don't know, I guess I just I wasn't that enthusiastic about it. It was fine. And usually when yeah. things are fine, they're not that interesting to talk about. What was your... What were your top... I don't even, like, It Takes Two? Was that one of your top games last year, obviously? 2021. So it would have been last I, year. Yeah, It Takes Two. The, Psychonauts, maybe? Death's Door? Yeah, Psychonauts 2, I think, was my top game for 2021. But I think Returnal was before 2021. Hang I on. I literally don't remember. Hang on, let me check. No, it was the beginning of 2021. Oh, okay. Because it was for PS5, and PS5 came out at the end of 2020. Hang about. Returnal. Yeah, I believe huh. it was February or March or of 2021. Yeah. Oh, I reviewed it in, like, May of 2021. Probably oh. because it took that long to get a PS5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that. Uh. Anyway, who cares about that? Eric Cowboy oh. said the Returnal stream was the first time Yahtzee and Marty were paired together, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's oh. nice. Oh, now that you mention it, so we were. That sounds nice. Uh, John Connor gives $5, says, Do you think interesting movement mechanics like web-swinging, Batman-gliding, controls, floating is the most impactful mechanics in recent years? Hardly a recent trend, John Connor. Traversal <laughs> mechanics in that sort of sandbox has always been like a welcome part of maintaining game flow from as early as Spider-Man 2 on the GameCube, or possibly Prototype and Infamous back mm-hmm. in the PS3 era. Yeah, I think it's I think it's critical. I think if a character feels good, you can put up with a lot of bullshit. Like you were saying, like anything in Spider-Man feels swinging around the city feels really fun. And so like Yeah. 
there's no pacing sort of, issue because everything you're doing is nice. So that's sort of the sort of power fantasy superhero sandbox. Also, you like mm-hmm. uh, you're you just cause games. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Fun traversal mechanics are pretty essential. Yeah. Sinistar gives five dollars and says, "Preaching to the choir, but I hate how every game has to be an RPG now. I want to play God of War Ragnarok, but I don't want to start another fifty-hour RPG." You know, people there've been a lot of debate as to what RPG even means. You're talking about the fact that there's a, a skill tree you have to unlock stuff on, which, for my mind, feels pretty vestigial in God of War Ragnarok. Or the fact you have to constantly craft and upgrade your gear, which also is a pain in the ass in God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. taking the parts of RPG that I'm not crazy about and kind of just slamming it on there. Well, how else will you get addicted if they yeah, don't put I in mean, crafting and gear mechanics? It sucks because so I'm, I'm replaying uh, Persona 5 Royal right now, and uh, I, one of the things I love is every time after I do a long stint in a dungeon or in Mementos, is going back, selling all my shit, and seeing what I can buy to upgrade my characters or like. Uh, that's you know, how it used shit to work, isn't it? Vendor yeah, and trash, it feels vendor trash. Yeah, and it feels really good. Um, whereas I just I, maybe it was just because it was so often in God of War. That I was like, well, every time I turn a corner, I get something. And so it just seems kind of meaningless to me. Yeah. Kevin Wesley gives 9.99 and says, The story in 30 plus hours games never sticks were, sticks for me. I, I presume that's what he meant. Because of how stretched it ends up being, I prefer an interesting world to be in over these dull play stories that would fit better in a TV drama. Well, yeah. have you heard of a little game called Elden Ring? Cause, uh, but the- does Elden Ring have a narrative? Oh, well, let's not bring that up. Watch Frost's new cold take to find out. Because part of the problem with like the ghost train ride thing is it is still trying to tell stories the way a film does. Yes, like, very one much of, so. One event after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh McKenzie gives $5, says, In Will Save the Galaxy, has the reader met Jacques McKeown? I have my bets on who it may be. Yes, they have, Josh McKenzie. The reader has indeed met Jacques McKeown in the course of the first two Galaxy books. Oh, that's exciting. Bear Bomb gives $5 and says, Do you think there's a solution to the contextual climbing segments in games? The one with Atreus climbing forever really killed the pace for me. Well, yeah. it's always grappling hooks. I love the good hooks grappling hook. Great. Yeah. I guess that, that one with Atreus made sense because it was supposed to be like, you were supposed to, you know, climb the wall to enter Asgard. So, like, Still, it's supposed oops. to make you feel the same way like when Jon Snow and the Wildlings had to climb the wall in, in Game of Thrones. So, like, I did think it went on for too long, Bear Bomb, but, he, but I also understood it was for the, the but moment. He was in, but he was invited to Asgard. But like, for what the plot was trying to do, it would make more sense if they just opened the gate and let him in. Yeah, or like Odin sent his birds down and let his birds yeah. fly him up there or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, otherwise you make up some excuse like, oh, they wanted to test him first. But that's bullshit. It's like saying, oh, God planted all those dinosaur skeletons to test our faith. Did he not it's, like Od- it's like Odin had like a purpose for Atreus. What if Atreus had fallen off and died? Yeah, Odin right at the top, it fucked. feels like Heimdall could throw him out. Yeah. yeah, Heimdall almost did. Odin's plan would have been fucked. <laughs> Dylan Kuntz, member for 31 months uh, in credit uses member chat to say, Yahtzee, have you come up with any new names for genres of games, like Spectacle Fighters or Spunk Gargle Wee Wee? I think Ghost Train Ride was my most recent one, Dylan Cunts, to refer to games like Uncharted, Last of Us, God of War, Ragnarok, 
where you just go from arena to arena in a linear path uh, going down uh, tight passageways because it wants to tell a story but it's still mired in the idea of how to tell a story the way a film does but it also wants to be a video game so the two have to awkwardly occupy the same space I still think it's weird to use as a as a uh, pejorative because uh, I think a ghost train sounds incredible. Like I want nothing more than just ride on a ghost train. Well, there's something a little bit quaint about ghost trains. That's what I always think. Like you sit in your your pathetic little car and go trundle along your pathetic little rail, and pathetic little ghosts jump out. <laughs> if you call everything pathetic, then yeah. Like <laughs> little fiberglass demon pops out behind a gravestone. It's really lame. <laughs> I was thinking of more of like at Disney World. Those have Imagineers working on them. Oh, well. Well, they don't call it the ghost train. They call it the haunted mansion. So there. That is true. Okay. The <laughs> Danny Rivas uh, gives seventy nine ninety nine Zar and gives no comment. Oh, Danny. How could you? And Heisko gives £4.49 and also gives no comment. Heisko, what's happening? But then Prize Fighter 26 comes along with $50. Oh my god. Deep red super chat right there. To say, having you consistently around for so many years has been a great asset on my week to week enjoyment. Thanks a bunch, Yards. Open brackets oh and escapist crew. Close brackets. Gosh. Thank you, Prize Fighter. Well, you're officially part of the afterthought there. Yeah. Well, your name was spelled wrong, so. And that's a common shortening. I oh, often, is it? I often go by Yards. Especially when a game oh. asks me to type in my name. That's true. And I call you yes. No, sorry. I only thought it was typed, uh, spelled wrong because I put all the comments in a Google sheet, in a Google Doc, so I could see them, and it had the red the red squiggly line. Yeah, so Google just thinks your name is spelled wrong. Yeah, yeah, it does that. I always turn the red squiggly line off when I'm writing my books because it just pisses me off. Like, yes, it's supposed Good to be idea. spelled by like that. It's a funny name. Yeah. Shantanu Bhatia gives 1799 AED, which I believe is Arab Emirates Dinar or Diran or one of those. Joined late, so might have missed this. Any recent games that are poorly paced for being too breakneck rather than a slog? Uh, I have a hard time thinking of games that feel. Feel like they're just sort of skipping ahead too fast. I know, yeah. I think maybe Evil West sometimes gives me that vibe. Okay. Because I feel like the cutscenes are all very energetic. All characters constantly over-animating and fidgeting like they're busting for the pee and talking and talking and then says, and says, I know where we have to go and then smash cut to the next level. Yeah, yeah. That, that felt like a bit uh, breakneck. Uh, if, it's, if we're talking about the same sort of thing. Yeah, interesting. A superb owner, who's showing up a lot this week, with ten dollars, oh. and says, "Yeah, it's a YouTube video essay wreck for you. The Mason scale, no relation, breaks down what works, stroke doesn't in horror games from story, atmosphere, etc. And you two share similar perspectives. Here's a link. Well, I you can't see the link. The yeah, like, uh, yeah, users can't put links in the comment. Yeah, they don't let you post um, links. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find a Mason. But I always like, one. I always like a good video essay. The other day, I was watching Nexpo's video on uh, the PS1 horror demo disc." Haunted PS1 demo disc. Oh yeah, I haven't watched that, but I have it on my uh, in my endless queue on YouTube. I quite like Nexpo's stuff. If I yeah. want to watch a video that sort of gives me the wibblies, there you go, the wibblies. 
Matthew Adkins gives five dollars. Says commenting from the future and wanting to thank you too for the last thirty years of excellent content. Thirty years. You're oh, commenting from the future. Okay. Okay. I was like, Jesus, we can't be doing this show for another. If I've been doing so punctuation for thirty years, I might have done at this point. Uh, Heisko comes back with another 449 and says, Is it good to know how long a game's length going to be before playing and not have it feel like a commitment? Also, enjoy the show, lads, and also hi to Toffee. Oh. I feel if you look at the length of a game, that might spoil it for you. Because then you can look at how long you've been playing the game and think, Oh, it must be near the end. You won't get a situation like suddenly there's an amazing thing and there's like six hours left like uh, the end of the castle in castlevania symphony of the night and it turns out there's a whole additional upside down castle to explore yeah i feel like that example is really rare though like i like knowing how long a thing is going to be when i go into it mm. um I, I like knowing if this is going to be like like you know is, is this going to be like a 30 hour commitment is is this is this 10 hours I don't know. I like to be surprised. That's what I, I mean, a lot life. of times when you're playing a game, you don't even know how long it is because if you're playing a game pre-release. Spode Razer gives $5 and says, Hi guys, have either of you played Bannerlord? And what did you think? I have not. Have you? I have not. That does not seem like a Marty type of game. Oh well. Thanks for the money, Spode Razer. I'm sorry. A superb owner again comes back with $5 and says, Fun fact, Richard Ayuadi was originally cast to be the voice actor for Wheatley in Portal 2. I did hear that, a superb owner. Was, was he cast or did they just were they just not able to get him? I heard like he was like the, the, like the dream casting they had in mind, but mm. they just weren't able to get him, so they got Stephen Merchant in. Who's so good, though. I can't yeah. even imagine Stephen Merchant not doing it. Who's very good in that role. Well, I imagine yeah. if Richard Ayoade had done it, you'd be saying, oh, I couldn't imagine anyone but Richard Ayoade doing it. This is also a very good point. <laughs> uh, BushWookie567 gives $5, says, Randomly stumbled upon you last, Yahtzee, and I've been watching you ever since. Keep up the good work. I think you might have missed out a word there, BushWookie567, but thanks. Is, I'll, assume you've said, I'll assume you said Millennium. Randomly stumbled upon you last Millennium, Yahtzee, and I've been watching you ever since. Keep up the good work. Thank yeah. you, immortal person. Could be last one. Uh, also, Bushwookie seems like it would be in the same category as Angry Boda's Yak. Bushwookie? Yeah. 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 Like, like yeah, I'll see like to Angry Boda's Bushwookie. Yeah. Oh, no! That Bushwookie will be getting a medal at the end of the film. He is the last of the giants. And Bushwookie will be getting a medal. God damn it. Uh, Sinistar gives $5. Says, I wouldn't call G-O-W which could be God of War or Gears of War, but I'm assuming they mean God of War. Yeah. A real RPG, but it's close enough for what can fit in a SC. <sighs> you with your fucking initialisms. What's SC? Yeah, what do we think SC means? Soul Calibur. Uh, sexy Corset. Could be the, Sexy Corset. The dilution of RPGs into crafting and skill trees is annoying as well. Uh, I think at this point, games are, very few games are one genre. I think yeah. um, things except, are, except, are taking... except in the indie sphere. That's true. Then things can still be a single, a single genre. But I think uh, I think uh, uh, I think it's absolutely fair to say that God of War has plenty of RPG elements. Whether you want to call it an RPG or not is totally on you. But mm. still there. Kiro, no. Kiro 0613 
that gave us five dollars and says have you guys ever played one shot and if so what did you think of it no i haven't have you mm, this one sounds I'm, I'm less sure that i haven't played it is that uh, the one where I the game it. uninstalls the first time you die uh it's an it's an advent an adventure game that came out in 2016 it looks nice okay um i don't i don't think this is i don't think it's a game that uninstalls it has metafictional aspects to it. People compared it to Undertale. It looks uh -huh. like Oh, now you mention it. I have not. Yeah. I think, I think the other day I found that on my Steam library and uninstalled it because I didn't know what it was. Oh, no. Oh, and I was, I was spring cleaning my Steam account. Yeah. Uh, Toast 89 gives mem uh, is a member for seven months in bonus content with a member chat to say what have been your favorite moments in adventure is nigh plus side quest That's well a i think my favorite moment of all was when i uh when mortimer gave his one-liner just before he blew up uh the big baddie in the last but one episode i was very proud of that <laughs> um yeah i really i like the end of side quest i thought the the Pure chaos at the end of side quest um, is one of my favorite D and D moments I've ever had. Whether it's with the escapists or not, I've heard that there's a lot of good moments coming up in the next couple episodes of Adventures Die. Oh, off season two, oh though, so I'm very excited about that. You know it. It's already been a roller coaster just in like uh, the first two of the remaining yeah. five episodes. Although the latest one's not open to everyone yet, it'll be out on Saturday, That's right. and That's it's right. another hot one. Things really hot up. So if you want to see it now, you know, become a member on YouTube or, or Patreon. If you remember how the last episode ended on a big cliffhanger, the next episode ends on, if anything, an even better cliffhanger. How are there so many cliffs? I know, there's so many cliffs. Someone should fill them in. <laughs> Someone should, like, set some ladders up. Yeah. Um, Fred E. gave us 4 and says, in development, does video game script stroke story need to take priority over what the producer says the length needs to be? I don't, I think, I, I don't think the producer should be dictating the length. I don't think you should be dictating the length of anything. I think you should just keep going till the story's told and then stop. Yeah. I mean, I imagine in the AAA space, though, that comes on an order from on high. That's probably not even a producer. That's probably just... Well, if you want to tack on extra playtime, just stick in a multiplayer mode or something. So then something they can play infinitely. And then something some I people will play it forever. And I can just ignore it. That sounds yeah, nice. Yeah, there you go. Uh, good at games. Uh, give 70 Zara. And says, did you ever find yourself at a point in Ragnarok where you found it hard to want to carry on? Also, long-time viewer and big fan of ZP. Constantly good at games. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think, I think, um, what was it? It was the point where Kratos and Freya are teleported into a dwarven mine mm. so that they can climb out of the dwarven mine to do a thing in a place they'd already been to. Yes. I think that was the point where I was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, yeah, it had a, especially in hindsight, when I think back to a couple of things in that game, like we were just talking, I was like, why, why was this a thing in the game? Well, quite. Yeah. Uh, Rary the guy gives two euros and says, tell me something I should put in my D&D &D session. Uh, 
an ATM machine. Yeah, there you go. So that's redundant, isn't it? An ATM. Yeah, but I feel like ATM machine sounds better. Like pin yeah. number sounds better. Yeah. Don't you say pin. I guess. And if you say no. AT machine, no one knows what you're talking about. No, it sounds like a weirdo. Lauren Fark gives $5 and says, I have recently found executive dysfunction really messes with my ability to finish a game, either hesitation or trepidation. What's executive dysfunction? I'm not entirely clear on the definition of executive I dysfunction. Uh, a behavioral symptom that disrupts a person's ability to manage their own thoughts, emotions, and actions. Well, I guess that would make it difficult to finish things. Yeah, I, uh, like that. That understand. I have. Uh, I have times. I actually wrote a piece about this a few years ago about how when I know. You know, a lot of RPGs have, like, a point of no return, and it'll tell you, like, are you sure you want to go down in the crater to fight Sephiroth? Because we might not be coming back. Oh, and yeah, when I hit that point, there's a bunch of games that I've just never finished because I've hit that point and been like, well, what if I still want to do other things? Right. And then I just never finish them. And I'm like, why Why am I doing this? Why don't I just finish it? Who actually so, cares? So when I get to that point, my usual reaction these days is, thank Christ. Yes. Yeah. It's almost done. I can do something else with my afternoon. Yeah. Like, God of War had that, and I, I wasn't like, oh no, what if I don't finish all the favors? I was like, all right, let's go. All right, here we go. Toby. Let me fight Toby from, from the West Wing. Well, I did. That I did fight Toby from the West Wing. I bet you did. Well, that's it for Super Chats. Thanks for watching, so listening to Slightly Something Else with Yahtzee Crucial and Marty Sleever and Toffee the Wonder Dog. Yay. Who's, so, who's such a great Wonder Dog, he can turn upside down. Upside on toffee. Uh, yes, if you like content, for crikey, we've got good news for you because your escapist is full of that shit. <laughs> what else we got coming up this week? Uh, there will not be a stream at 3.30 today. Uh, uh, Jack might be coming back. We might be doing more. Uh, you know, maybe he'll be doing more uh, Elden Ring runs, uh, but we haven't uh, solidified that yet. However, as you can see from our Super Chat call, we're getting closer to locking Ooh. in that uh, Sea of Thieves playthrough with uh, the two yeah. of us, plus Jack, plus Nick. We, we got over halfway in the course of this podcast. We did great. You guys did, did so great. Uh, later tonight, uh, Jesse and Casey will be back with Hidden Gems playing Phantom Abyss at 6 p.m. Central. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have the recap at noon. Jack will be on that. We'll be joined by Jack and Jamate uh, and Nick, and we'll be talking about Willow. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, later on in the week, uh, on Thursday evening, uh, if you want to watch the Game Awards and spoof and goof with us, come uh, come hang out around 6 p.m. Central, and uh, Casey, Nick, and myself will be doing a live watch-along to that. Fun, fun, fun. And also don't forget Zero Punctuation on Wednesday, which will be on the topic of Marvel's Midnight Suns. We got an advanced copy, so it's relevant for once. Yay! Yay! And uh, don't miss the, the usual post-CP stream on Wednesday afternoon. Then on Thursday, I have a new extra punctuation dropping for members, which will be relevant Ooh. to a superb owner who just posted a super chat saying, is there something to be said about how Ragnarok at least has character dialogue during some of those horrid veiled loading screens? And that very topic is one of the ones that will be touched upon in this week's extra punctuation for members. So check it the fuck out. And War games gets... need a severed head uh, strapped to your ass that's constantly spoofing and goofing. Well, this is uh, off topic, but Namir is an absolute delight. I wish I had him in there. I completely to, agree. I love to, Namir. To give Scottish advice every now and again. Yeah. 
Uh, and I guess that's it. And a new episode of Ventures Nigh on Saturday for members. Which is. Wunderbar. Super good. Oh, no, it's for everyone because yeah. they came out for members on last Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be yeah. for everyone. So check out that. Okay, I think that's it. Heck yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Have a good rest of the afternoon.